Amen. Right, so Job, Job chapter 31, and um, I'd like to just look at the, the first, um, well, several verses again there. Uh, Job 31 and verse 1 reads, I made a covenant with mine eyes, why then should I think upon a maid? For what portion of God is there from above, and what inheritance of the Almighty from on high? Is not destruction to the wicked and a strange punishment to the works of iniquity? Doth not he see my ways and count all my steps? If I have walked with vanity, or if my foot hath hasted to deceit, let me be weighed in an even balance, that God may know mine integrity. If my step hath turned out of the way, and mine heart walked after mine eyes, and if any blot hath cleaved to mine hands, then let me sow and let another eat. Yea, let my offspring be rooted out. If my heart have been deceived by a woman, or if I have laid weight at my neighbour's door, then let my wife grind unto another, and let others bow down upon her. For this is an heinous crime, yea, it is an iniquity to be punished by the judges, for it is a fire that consumeth to destruction, and would root out all mine increase. Look at verse 1 again, it said, I made a covenant with mine eyes, why then should I think upon a maid and the title of my sermon today is make a covenant with your eyes make a covenant with your eyes let's uh, go to the lord in a word of prayer before we continue father thank you um thank you for your word thank you for uh, the many lessons we get out of your word and and this being one that for me is a, is a clear one not just from this passage but many others um how you want us to treat this sort of temptation, this sort of sin, uh, what you want us to do to deal with it. Uh, help me to preach this message just clearly and boldly, Lord, and accurately, and help everyone to have attentive ears to, a, to find a way of applying it to their lives, um, even if it doesn't apply directly to them today, Lord. Just uh, help that you just edify the room here and, and just fill me with your spirit to do that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray all of this. Amen. Uh, right, so keep a finger here and turn to First John chapter 2. You keep a finger here in, in Job 31, turn to first john chapter two because we do live in a time i believe like no other when it comes to temptation through the eyes don't we you've you've got women walking around dressed in outfits that probably the prostitutes for a few decades ago would have found too revealing wouldn't they and they would have said, this is too much. I don't think I could go that, that racy. The, the TV shows and movies, you know, they're bad enough. But now, now the semi-clad sexual imagery is all over billboards, adverts, social media. I mean, it's absolutely everywhere, isn't it? The, the, it it's not just being pushed by the rich and powerful. The, the brainwash is so strong now that the average female profile picture on, on whatever social media you want to go on to is at the least revealing, if not ten times worse, isn't it? I mean, it's not just the, the powers that be. It's not just those that are directly kind of doing Satan's bidding. They're just, these people are such morons now that they are just literally fraud themselves like bits of meat and everything else because they're such, they're such sadly, vic well, you could say victims at least of this. But it's not just the women either. I mean, the men's clothing's getting tighter, isn't it? Whilst, whilst these effeminate little sissies are, are fake tanning, shaving, spending hours sculpting in the gym, prepping for the summer. I mean, this comes out of, I mean, the average guy in the gym's talking about got to get ready for the summer prepping for the summer what does that even mean prepping for the summer the, the, i mean the, let's be honest the bodybuilding building craze is a bizarre phenomenon and and it is quite a phenomenon because they try and go back and go oh, back in the old days people it's nothing like now i mean nothing like the average man I, I i would imagine i might be wrong but it's up there in terms of participation in if you could call it a sport in this nation and I think that probably that's on the back of the, the massive pushing of suspected queers like Arnold Schwarzenegger and the rest of those 18 
action heroes, so-called bodybuilding heroes as manly. Because they really did a number on people, didn't they, with that? Because they were like, yeah, when I was growing up, teenagers, young lads watching these guys, they were literally, uh, like, basically mincing in front of the cameras, yet with, yet with big muscles. They'd be like sweat dribbling down their muscles and stuff. I mean, you can only imagine who was actually behind the camera and the directors and producers and the sorts of disgusting, vile reprobates involved in this. And they're pushing this, and guys are looking at that going, what a manly guy. And these guys have literally spent their whole life staring in mirrors. Staring in mirrors, trying to sculpt, trying to look as symmetrical as possible. I mean, it's bizarre, isn't it? Absolutely weird. And, and, and that was pushing us. And, and look, it's one thing lifting heavy stuff. Yeah, look, nothing wrong with lifting heavy stuff. It's another putting on a pair of Speedos, fake tan, shaving your body, and doing very queer poses on stage. Two judges to try and get an award for being the most symmetrical and having the most sculpted body. I mean, that's queer as anything, isn't it? I mean, there's nothing manly about that whatsoever. It's the exact opposite, yeah? The, the whole world, it seems, has gone mad. And that shouldn't really surprise us, OK? Because uh, on one hand, you've got these, these men doing that. And again, this is getting more and more popular and pushed upon, you know, and people think they're manly. They're going to the gym and they're like, yeah, man, and they're staring in the mirror and everything else. And it's, it's, it's proper queer, isn't it? But then you've got all the women, obviously, going beyond what they ever did with that stuff as well. And, and it shouldn't surprise us. But the trick for us is to then stay away from that stuff, isn't it? So on one hand, we want to stay away from just being a part of that whole thing altogether. First John chapter 2, where you've turned to verse 15, says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Look, when you're loving the world, you're not loving God, are you? You're not loving kind of, you know, oh, my, my perfect beach body whilst loving God at the same time. They're not compatible, are they? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. It's not harmless. Because some people look at, oh, it's just a bit of harmless. You know, you're trying to make yourself look good. And, and, or any of this stuff. Because whether it's lusting after the latest celebrity whore, whoremonger, or it's proudly trying to be like them, the pride of life, there's nothing godly about any of it. It's not of the Father, it's of the world, isn't it? Okay, that stuff is of the world all day long. And James, you don't have to turn to James 1.27, says, Pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Our goal is to keep ourselves unspotted from the world, not to behave like the world, yeah? And it's one thing to be fit and healthy. Nothing wrong with being fit and healthy, to take some care in our appearance. Nothing wrong with that either. But Botox injections to look like a duck is ridiculous, isn't it? Spending hours in the gym, in the tanning salon, in the beauty salon is not of the father, it's of the world, isn't it? Okay, now look, you're into some sport, you enjoy a sport, there's nothing wrong with that. If your goal is just how I'm going to look, how I'm going to look, how I'm going to look, that's not of the father, that's of the world. And being avoid, be, you know, avoiding being sucked into it's one thing, but the other is to keep your heart pure amongst it all. Okay, that's, now, now we've got like second goal. So one thing is don't get sucked into that. Don't start, you know, getting Botox injections. Don't start, you know, obsessing over looking like the latest, you know, the latest fashion in, in good looks. Because a lot of the, it's just fashion, isn't it? It always changes and cycles and everything else. Okay, and not to like think that somehow as men we're going to, you know, be better off if we spend every waking minute, you know, popping weird drugs while trying to look as kind of muscular as possible. But, but how, about, how about keep your heart pure amongst all of this stuff? Turn to Lamentations 3. Today I'm focusing mainly on something which men 
men usually have to battle more with, okay? Now, it can still apply to both. And obviously, there are many applications with this sermon than looking on the opposite sex to lust after. There are other applications to that, because for some, it's what, lusting after cars, clothing, shoes, jewellery, and a lot of that stuff is pushing us through advertising. However, the nakedness, the pornography, the sexualization is literally everywhere right now, isn't it? absolutely everywhere it's in our faces because the devil knows that what you see affects your heart okay the devil knows that what you see what you cast your eyes upon is going to affect your heart in Lamentations 3 Jeremiah is actually talking about seeing the destruction of his people but verse 51 for me is a universal truth he says in Lamentations 3 51 mine eye affecteth mine heart because of all the daughters of my city now, he's actually talking about the doors of his city getting destroyed and the city getting destroyed. But he said, mine eye affecteth mine heart. He said, what he sees affects his heart. And what we see with our eyes affects our hearts, isn't it? Mine eye affecteth mine heart. Which means that what we choose to look at is very important, isn't it? So what we choose to cast our eyes upon is very important as the effect it's going to have on our heart. Have you ever heard the wickedly liberal saying amongst married people, look but don't touch? Ever heard that sort of junk by these, like, they think they're so out there, oh, well, look, but don't touch, you know, that sort of thing. Well, let me tell you something now. If they're looking, they'll eventually want to touch because mine eye affecteth my heart, okay? It's a lie. It's a lie. Go back to Job 31 because there's a problem then. Your, your eye affects your heart, and we live in a world right now where your eyes are getting bombarded with filth. Okay, your eyes are getting bombarded with it, bombarded with nakedness, bombarded with sexual imagery, at the least suggestive, bombarded with the latest whores of the media. We're just bombarded with it, aren't we? What's the answer? Well, the answer is make a covenant with your eyes. And I'm going to show you how you do that in a minute. Make a covenant with your eyes. In Job 31, Job, Job is an example to all of us, isn't he? I mean, this is one of the most godly men ever, right? Job, Job said this in verse 1. I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? He said, I made a deal with my eyes, yeah? A, a, a deal with my eyes that I won't let them look. He said, don't look and your heart won't be touched, basically. Yeah, don't look and your heart won't be touched. He said, basically, Job's saying, I'm a married man. I don't look, so I won't think about another woman. I don't even look upon another woman, so I won't think about her. If I'm not looking, I'm not going to be thinking about them, am I? Yeah, that should be pretty obvious. Keep a finger here and go back to Job 2. Because it wasn't, in case you're wondering, that he was currently living a fairy tale marriage. Okay, Job, Job wasn't, you know, it wasn't that his wife was this fine, supportive example of the godly wife and he was just head over heels with his like, You know, like they try and give you this picture in probably in the romance movies and romance novels and everything else. That, you know, there's this perfect marriage where they're just kind of dancing down the beach, holding hands, you know, skipping along. Everything's just smiles and cuddles and everything. That's not the truth of life, though, is it? And the great thing about the Bible is the Bible's realistic. The Bible shows us the truths of life. He wasn't living a fairy tale marriage. In Job 2, he's just lost all his livelihood. His children have died. And he gets covered head to toe with sore boils. Okay, it's probably not a good time in Job's life at this point. Look at verse 7. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a pot shirt to scrape himself with all, and he sat 
down among the ashes. It doesn't sound good, does it? Now he's covered in head to, uh, from head to toe in boils. Then said his wife unto him, does thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. She's turning on God, isn't she? She's turning on God. She's saying to curse God and then die. Not exactly what Job needed at that point in his life, was it? Not exactly the, the kind of the picture of the supportive wife that he needed. Verse 10, but he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God or shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Job rebuked his wife, didn't he? And sometimes people need rebuking and it's not sinful to do that. Right? He wasn't in sin because you can imagine you can imagine the liberal out there going, oh, what about loving your wife, Job? Hmm? What about that part of it? You're not lo loving your wife. Well, sometimes it's a loving thing to tell someone that they're talking like a fool, isn't it? Sometimes that's a loving thing. In all this did not Job sin with his lips. But for some men out there, and I've, I've seen this out in the world, they deal with this sort of thing by then seeking other women. Do you know that some of the most henpecked men out there that I've known over the years, those whose, whose wives are like the hardest work, those who basically you think, wow, like she really wears the trousers. They seem to just do everything she says. Do you know what their outlet is? They go out on weekend booze ups with their mates looking for other women. They go out and they get, they get it out. They don't have the balls to stand up to their wife. So instead, to deal with it, they just go and look for other women. Some of these are the worst guys out there. And their wives think, oh, I've got him so under control and everything else. But really, they don't have a man. They've got some absolute just wimp who instead goes out, has no integrity at all, just does what she says at home and goes out and looks for other women. Okay? That's the outlet for so many of these men. But not Job. Not Job. Back in chapter 31, he said in verse 1, I made a covenant with, my, with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? What do, you think when, what do you think Job did when a pretty woman walked past? Well, I'll tell you what Job did, he looked the other way. That's what he did, he looked the other way. When a pretty woman walked past him, he didn't start looking her up and down, finding a way to look, he looked the other way. He didn't crane his neck, he didn't look back after she went past. And I reckon with Job, do you know, I'm convinced it wasn't just when he was with his wife. It wasn't just when he was with his kids before they died. It, it, it wasn't just when he was with other believers. He, he didn't join in with the workmates ogling some harlot, did he? I'm sure he didn't join in with them. He didn't join in with his gym buddies talking about the latest lycra-clad Jezebel queuing for the mirror. Because that's basically what gyms seem to be filled with nowadays, don't they? It's that bad. It's that bad. Isn't it that bad? Anyone who's ever been in these places, I used to work in these places, it's horrendous. I mean, they literally come in, like I said, in clothing that, the, that a prostitute of a few decades ago wouldn't have dared worn out on the streets. And they're going to the gym to, to apparently work out in front of the mirror most of the time in this stuff. Uh, it's, it's bad out there. But he didn't do that, did he? He said, I made a covenant with mine eyes and you need to make a covenant with your eyes. OK, that's the only way you have to make a covenant with your eyes because it's not just about who rumbles you. Okay, it's not just that your eye affects your heart. God sees it all. God sees it all. Even where, if you're as far away from everyone that you th care about knowing, God sees it. Okay, God sees it. Proverbs 15, 3, that turn it says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. You know that the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. He sees absolutely everything you do. In fact, he knows everything you think. He sees when you're looking, and he also sees when you turn the other way. 
He sees when you make that choice on your own, in your car, walking around, whatever it is, to turn the other way and not look. Not look at that Jezebel strutting past you with her chin up in the air. Verse 2, back in, in Job 31, said, For what portion of God is there from above, and what inheritance of the Almighty from on high? Is not destruction to the wicked and a strange punishment to the works of iniquity? Doth not he see my ways and count all my steps? Job does that. Uh, sorry, God does that. Job said, Doth it not he see my ways and count all my steps, if I have walked with vanity or if my foot have hasted to deceit? And by the way, if you're married, it's deceitful, isn't it? It's deceitful. Whether it's a half-naked woman walking down the street or on the internet, it's just all deceitful. Yeah, look, let's be honest, married men aren't just with their wives going, oh, check that one out. Check, it's all secretive. It's all sneaky. It's all like a little glance here, a little look there. Those pictures on your phone, those videos on TikTok, Instagram, or, or sadly worse, that you wouldn't watch with your wives there, okay? It's all deceitful. They're not sitting there going, oh, yeah, come on, love, have a look at this one. A little glance before I move on. It's all deceit, but God sees it all. God sees every single bit of it. Said in verse 6, Let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. If my step hath turned out of the way and mine heart walked after mine eyes, and if any blot hath cleaved to mine hands, then let me sow and let another eat. Let my offspring be rooted out. So Job is that confident that he's behaved with integrity, saying, fair enough if I was being punished for it. He's saying, bring it on. If, if I have done that stuff, then punish me. Because he's that confident, isn't he? If my heart have been deceived by a woman, or if I have laid wait at my neighbour's door, then let my wife grind unto another and let others bow down upon her. He's saying that if he had committed adultery, then let the same happen to his wife. He's saying, let, let the same happen. If I've done that, if I've done that, if I've had my heart deceived by a woman, if I've laid wait at my neighbour's door, basically, for, for his wife, yeah? He's saying, then let someone else do the same to my wife. That's how confident he is. He, he would never even think about doing that. He made a covenant with his eyes. Verse 11 says, For this is an heinous crime. Yea, it is an iniquity to be punished by the judges, for it is a fire that consumeth to destruction and would root out all mine increase. That is a wicked sin, isn't it? According to Job and according to God, that's a wicked sin. One that ends up destroying your life and ruining everything that you've worked for, basically. It will destroy your life. And our world says the opposite, doesn't it? Our world now likes to call it just an affair. Oh, it's just an affair. It's just like a little thing you do. Just a little affair. They'll say he or she wasn't right for them. Oh, that's, they just weren't right for each other. They fell out of love. They just fell out of love. Didn't work or something else like that. Now, Job said it is a heinous crime. Heinous crime, yea, an iniquity to be punished by the judges. And by the way, that includes divorcing your spouse and either having a physical relationship or marrying another. Okay, it's adultery. The Bible's clear about that. Luke 16, 18 says, Whosoever putteth away his wife and marrieth another committeth adultery, and whosoever marrieth her that is put away from her husband committeth adultery. Okay, it's adultery. It's a heinous crime. It consumes the destruction. And do you know how that fire starts? How it's kindled? Jeremiah said, mine eye affecteth mine heart. Okay, it starts with the eyes. It starts, that's where it starts. That's where that fire starts with the eyes. He said, mine eye affecteth mine heart. Job said in verse 1, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Make a covenant with your eyes. 
but but what if you're unmarried? What if you're single? So you might be sitting there going, oh well, you know, this is all right. For, this is this is to the married men, isn't it? Well, turn to First Corinthians six, and I want to ask you something that you can think about. No, well, you don't have to shout out the answer. Are any of those women, or even men for the ladies that you're lusting over, are they marriage material, do you think? Are, they, are, they, are those scantily clad women strutting down the road with their eyes searching for admirers, are they a potential godly wife? Are they? Are those old friends on social media with profile pictures in their bikinis, with Botox in their lips and the stupid trout pout, are they really going to be a help that's meat for you? Do you think? Maybe meet for you for about a week, maybe two. Are those queer looking men going to suddenly care about something other than their, their physique? Ladies who might look at those types out there. They're going to suddenly, once, once you come along, then their physique's not important anymore. Are they suddenly going to stop caring about their matching man bags? Man, mate. That is another, I'm going to have to preach on that. That's a sermon on its own, man bags, all right? I saw a guy the other day, we went down a, a, a local uh, Thai boxing gym to us, and this muscle-bound guy walked in with this little handbag. <laughs> Just so ridiculous. But do you think that's husband material? So, so where is all that ogling thought going? Because you're not really imagining future wedding bells, are you? Single men, single women out there looking at these sorts of people. You're not looking at going, ah, you know, that's sort of, ah, if only I'm just picturing like that, that lovely, you know, what do they call it, like the, the princess wedding or whatever, the fairy tale wedding. No, it starts with the eyes, and for the singles, the result is what? Potential fornication. That's what it's all about, let's be honest. It's the thought of fornication. Jeremiah said, mine eye affecteth mine heart. And in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 15, Paul gives a strong warning about fornication. He said in verse 15, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. How about that? That's what the Bible says. Flee fornication. That means run the other way, turn around and leg it. Every sin that man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Flee fornication. You're sinning against your own body. Okay? How do you flee it? How do you flee it? I'll tell you how, you make a covenant with your eyes. Make a covenant with your eyes. Don't even look at those types of w women. And for the women, don't look at those types of men. How do you make that a covenant then? What is a covenant? It's an agreement. How do you make that agreement in 2023, the United Kingdom, and you could probably say most of the West, couldn't you, or most of the world, sadly, nowadays? Well, it's easier said than done to just not look. Because nowadays, you'd probably be knocking people over in the supermarkets, wouldn't you? If you were turning the other way every time you walk past someone dressed in what the Bible calls nakedness, you'd be smashing down everyone you walk through. You, you'd, be, you'd be crashing your car by not looking. Well, you wouldn't, because you'd just be constantly like this instead of focusing on the road, because half the cars you even drive past. They're, they're dressed semi-naked or something else. And, and because, really, the way most women dress is obscene by God's standards, isn't it? It's obscene. 
by God's standards. Okay, we don't care about the world's standards by God's standards. I want to explain something to you about dressing appropriately for your gender because people get a bit upset and a bit angry and a bit confused about this. Okay, there's a reason that traditionally men have worn trousers and shorts and women have worn dresses and skirts. Okay, there's a reason for it. And I'll tell you what the reason is. Because our bodies are shaped differently. Okay, we have different shaped bodies. There's nothing modest about women in trousers and shorts. Okay, there's nothing modest about it. And, and it never is the case. But if they are, in those very few cases, so baggy that they're somehow not showing that different physiqued curves, then they just look like men. <laughs> so it's one or the other. You're either basically wearing something that's showing your curves more because your bodies are different, or you're basically just looking like a man. And you're in something where from, from you're looking and you can't see any physique at all and you just look like a man. So it's one of the, it's one of the two. Which one are you choosing? Deuteronomy 22.5, that says, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Okay, like with last week with sodomy, this is only a recent trend. Okay, historically normal people have always understood this. Women haven't been going around with skin-tight trousers on throughout history. Now, there'll be times in cultures where they've gone so backwards and so away from the things of God at all, they'll do that. But throughout history, throughout history in this nation, women have dressed like women and men have dressed like men and they haven't been flaunting every curve they've got. And when they wear trousers or they wear shorts, that's what they're doing. Or they're wearing them literally so baggy that they look like a man. And you would, from far off, you can't tell. So which one is it? And people get upset, oh, you're just like adding the culture in about trousers. Well, okay, well you show me a woman with trousers and I'll, I'll show you someone who's flaunting their curves. Basically. We're all God's people, aren't we? And all those believing women out there spotted by the world with either their manly or their hoary trousers need to question who's worse, don't they? The unsaved, semi-oblivious, semi because a lot of them are semi-oblivious, sort of trout-pouting, hot-pants strutter, yeah? Or the woman of God who still either shows her curves to all and sundry or is the, or is the equivalent of a man in a skirt. Because it is. Because if they're not, and they're not got something that's basically tight around, you know, the lower part and not so much on the hips because everything goes in with a woman with the hips, completely different body shape. If they're not, then basically there is no difference to, to one of the men here walking around the skirt, as long as it goes down to the knees. Is it? Oh, oh, no, no, because things have changed. Oh, no, because the world says differently now, doesn't it? That's okay, is it? No, it's not okay. And what's worse? You know better. You know better. Are you part of the problem? Oh, you go, oh, well, at least I'm not dressing like the rest of the whores out there. Yeah, but since when, since when did that make it okay? It's still a problem, isn't it? Turn to Psalm 101. So how do we all make that covenant, yeah, that agreement with our eyes? So an agreement is between two parties, isn't it? A covenant's between two parties. The agreement is between you and your eyes... And it's something like this. Eyes, if I help you, then you help me. That's the agreement. That's the covenant. You protect your eyes and your eyes protect your heart. 
That's the agreement you're making with your eyes because, like I said, it's impossible otherwise, isn't it? Okay, you, you walk down the road, your eyes, look, it's so hard, isn't it? See, you've got to help your eyes where possible. It's no good saying just don't look and then walking down the beach on a hot bank holiday weekend, is it? Oh, yeah, no, I've just made a covenant not to look, but I'm just going to walk down some busy UK beach on, on a hot summer's day on the bank holiday weekend. You broke, I think you've broken your side of the covenant there because you're going to be tripping over people if your eyes don't look. Okay, you've just put that, you've just made that problem for yourself, haven't you? And by the way, we, we had some clowns here that were trying to persuade us to send them out soul winning on the hot summer's days, on Sundays, to the beach. Doreen. And, and getting all upset when I was saying, I don't want our church people going down the beach on a hot summer's day, apparently soul winning. Wow. But, but it's also no good saying, just don't look, and then scanning random photos on social media, for example. It's get, you're going to come, you're, oh, well, I just don't look. I'm just going to scan through all my old friends and see what they've been up to, look at all their old photos, all these old worldly... If you really, are you fulfilling your side of the covenant there? No way, because you know what's going to, you're going to eventually stumble across some sort of hoary, half-naked photo or worse. Psalm 101 and verse 1, it's the Psalm of David, says, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. David said that he will behave himself wisely. Is it wise to go to the beach on a hot weekend? It's not, is it? Now, you might find some quiet bit of beach where no one goes, and it might be, you know, maybe you can go to the beach when it's not a hot weekend, but you go on a hot day, look, that's not wise, is it? Okay, that is unwise. But he also said that he would walk the walk at his house too, didn't he? He said, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. So it's not just when he's out and about. Is it wise to click on the video with a semi-clad thumbnail on it? Oh, well, it's just like a joke thing they're doing down the beach. It's like a wind-up, you know. And I say the beach, is, that's like the obvious place, but you get that sort of junk, don't you? Or, or is it wise to scan through those sorts of things in the first place? Is it wise just to scan and scan? Because as soon as you, you, you click on one wind-up video, so whatever it is, next thing you know, they're all getting shoved at you, and then it's all sorts of obscene stuff getting thrown at you. Is it wise to, to open those dodgy spam emails? I wonder what they're sending me this time. It'd be wise just to keep, steer clear of that, isn't it? Is, is it wise to, to have those ex-boyfriends or girlfriends on your Facebook friends list? Is that wise? Is it wise to even have a TikTok account? I mean, wow. That is pure filth, isn't it? That is absolute filth. Make a covenant with your eyes and keep it. It's not just make a covenant. You've got to keep your side of the bargain. You've got to protect your eyes. Verse 3 says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. David said, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes, didn't he? You, you get the feeling that David meant it. Okay, that's the covenant. That's fulfilling your side of the agreement. Yeah, help your eyes out. That's what he's saying. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. He's fulfilling his part of it. That's a great verse, isn't it? And that's a verse that you can apply to so many areas of your life. But we're looking at one, one area here. Because for me, that pretty much rules out most of what's on television. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes, but I'm just going to sit down and watch live TV. 
You're having a laugh, aren't you? Half the adverts are full of half-nakedness. And in case you're wondering, look, the Bible's clear, the thighs are nakedness. All that revealing stuff, all that immodest clothing, that's all wicked stuff. You know what the goal is. They're not dressing like that because it's comfy. They're not dressing like that because, you know, they just think that it just looks very smart and appropriate. They're dressing like that because it's hoary. They're dressing like that because they're trying to get some sort of sexualised reaction to it. And that rules out most of TV. That rules out most of the shows pre or post Watershed, doesn't it? That rules out pretty much every movie because they're all dressed like whores and whoremongers, let alone the rest of the filth that's on it, let alone the rest of the wickedness that you're casting in front of your eyes by sitting down and watching that stuff. But, but for those of you that have done the sensible thing and ditched the TV, and many people have, the aerial at least, or the subscription to whatever, you know, ridiculous rip-off of a thousand channels of filth. Don't replace it for the handheld TV, though. If they're like, oh, I don't watch TV, and then they sit there all day just staring at TV on their phone. Or a version of. Oh, well, I select what I watch. Do me a favour. Because everyone knows that, that YouTube, for example, YouTube got to be one of the most popular things people watch, isn't it? And you go onto YouTube and when it starts throwing up suggested videos for you, look, you're just, it just starts getting more and more bizarre, don't you? You watch one thing that, that's, that just shows that you're a man. You watch some bit of boxing, fighting, something like that, and next thing you know, it's throwing up other junk in your face. And, and you can't do it, can you? And, and you've got you to you help your eyes out, don't you? Make a covenant with your eyes. And it's a slippery slope, that stuff. David said, I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. He said he hates the work of them that turn aside. Yeah? He hates this stuff. And I think sometimes we've got to get that mentality, don't we? You've got to start hating this. You've got to start hating this propaganda. You've got to start hating this, just pushing this sexualized filth on you. You've got to start hating that. Not like, oh, well, yeah, it's a bit annoying and everything else. Hating this ungodly, hating this filth and smut. Because that's what it is. And we get desensitised to it. And the flesh can start to crave it, or at least just not really be phased by it. But you've got to start hating it. Because when you hate it, you're more likely to fulfil your side of the covenant with your eyes. And you'll say, like David did, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside, it shall not cleave to me. And like I said, you can bin the TV and you can just open up a world of it on your phones instead, can't you? And, and that, all that stuff's so addictive, isn't it, as well? It's so addictive. He said in verse 4, a froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. And sadly, so many Christians know more about wicked reprobates in Hollywood in the TV studios than the Lord Jesus Christ, don't they? So many so-called Christians know more about the latest celebrity gossip than they do the Word of God. They know more about some filth that, that's being pushed in the media than they do about the Lord Jesus Christ, yet they claim to be Christians. And, and, and these people, so many of these Satan sellouts, they wear next to nothing anyway, don't they? They're up to all sorts of wickedness, fornication, all these celebs, all these, you know, people at the top of the music industry, at the top of whatever it is, uh, the actors, the actresses. It's all wicked. You don't even want to look at them. I mean, if you're, you're reading about them, what, you're telling me that they're just, you're just reading? No, most of it will have pictures, photos of them dressed like whores and whoremongers. 
David said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. How are you going to protect your eyes if you're still staring at that junk? Make a covenant with your eyes and keep it. It's one thing making the covenant, the other thing is keeping the covenant. And you keep the covenant, your side of the bargain, by not setting that filth in front of your eyes. You make that choice. Verse 5 says, Whoso privily slandereth his neighbour, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. And by the way, that's a news anchor gone, isn't it? Whoso privily slandereth, oh, it's not privately. Oh, it's okay. You know what? He's doing it out in the open on live TV. I'll tell you what, he's slandering people privately as well. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbour, him will I cut off. Okay? That news anchor, for many, is pride of place in the centre of their, their living room every day. David said he would cut him off. Yet, how many people are probably listening to more by whatever, oh no, it's all right, it's like an alternative news channel. He's probably another one as well. They're all at it. Oh, it's okay. They listen to more of that than they do the Word of God. More of that than they do read the Word of God. He said, him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not, I suffer. High look and a proud heart. That's every celebrity whore and whoremonger gone to, isn't it? That's them all gone. He said he won't suffer them. That's wiped out off your TV, off your phone, off your laptop, off your iPad or whatever else there is, yeah? Gone. He said he won't suffer them. And... Look, we don't want to be around people with high looks and proud hearts, yeah? Okay, look, those people, they're poison. Okay, they, we, we, obviously we had a group of them here, that was poison, wasn't it? Absolute poison, that high look and proud heart, it rubs off. People then start to almost feel like they need to compete with them and constantly boast and show off and lift themselves up. It is wicked, yeah? You don't want to be around those people. They don't have them beaming through into, like, into your brain in your living room, in your bed, whatever it is, just staring at them in your, in your phone. Just keep away from these people. They're scum, aren't they? Absolute scum. Now, you might be sitting there going, hold on, brother, what do I do then? I can't live in a cave. You know, what am I meant to do? Well, look at verse 6. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. David said that he wants to spend his time with God's people, basically. How about, with your time, come to church. Come soul winning. Read your Bible. Watch good preaching. How about spend your time doing stuff like that instead of some half-naked or cross-dressing strange woman on your phone? How about that? How about spend your time with the, with the people of God in one way or another? How about, oh, yeah, but I like listening to someone. Listen to some preaching it. Yeah, listen to, some, listen to the Word of God. Listen to some hymns. You know, do some godly things with your time. Come soul winning. Come to the services. Get involved with the things of God instead of sitting there staring at whores and whoremongers on your phone. David said, Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. Get them out of your house. Get them out of your sight. Make a covenant with your eyes and keep it. How about that? Keep it. Keep that covenant. Make that covenant and keep that covenant. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Look, you've got to want to destroy this stuff, don't you? Destroy these types of people. Destroy this stuff. Destroy the work of those wicked false Jews. Because that's who it all comes back to, doesn't it? With their porn industry, with their smut, with their filthy Hollywood movies, with their promotion of fornication, with all this sick, twisted, filthy stuff. It's as usual, it's the synagogue of Satan. 
And you've got to hate that stuff. And you're not hating that stuff if you're getting sucked into it and looking at it all. You're not hating it. If, because ultimately, what are you? You become a double-minded man. A double-minded man is, is, well, he's got problems, isn't he? He's unstable in all his ways. Yeah, you're, you're turning up to church on a Sunday and then you're going home and on a Monday, you're staring at whores and whoremongers that ultimately is being pushed and promoted by the synagogue of Satan onto you in one way, indirectly or another. You're double-minded, okay? And you're unstable. You need to just cut that stuff out. You need to start hating it. You, mean, you need to want to cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Hate it. Get it out of your house, off your phone, off your laptops. Don't be double-minded. Get rid of it. You can't, you can't hate the devil and then welcome him into your front room, can you? I mean, these people are, are, are as close to the literal devil as possible. The, the stuff that they're making, the stuff they're pushing, they're promoting. Some of these people are pure, vile filth. You know, half of these fornicators in Hollywood are sodomites. Half of them are, are either closet or not sodomites. Half of these whoring women are sodomites. They're absolute filth. Yet people are sitting there getting pleasure from them, enjoying them, watching them, and sadly getting titillated by them. And they're, they're literal God-haters. If someone walked in here now and was a literal God-hater, walked in here blaspheming, like cussing out the Lord, going on about the word of God, you know, all sorts of things, would it matter how they were dressed? Would it matter what they were wearing? Would it matter how attractive they were? Would any of the men here be going, oh, yeah, but not bad, oh, you know? As long as no one's watching, I might just cop a quick, cop a quick look. No, they'd be like, you just wouldn't want anything. You'd be like, get out, I don't care. I don't care if she's the so-called fairest woman on the planet. You know, get her out. She's filth. She's scum. She hates the Lord. She hates my God. Yet that's what all these people are. They're God-haters. They're God-hating reprobates. The vast majority of these pin-ups, these celebs, these people that you're welcoming into your home, you're welcoming onto your phone, they're scum. Yeah? Don't want to look at them. You don't want them anywhere near it. You don't want to be double-minded with that. You can't, you can't hate adultery and then eye up the woman who's in the attire of an harlot, can you? And again, we should hate adultery, shouldn't we? Jesus said that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So you're then committing adultery, eyeing them up. Make a covenant with your eyes and keep your side of the deal. That's what we have to do. And yes, this is, okay, this probably applies to men more, but it does apply to women too, okay? In many other areas as well. Make a covenant with your eyes. Stop, stop lusting after the things of the world. Stop lusting after the, the jewellery, the, the riches, the, you, you name it. Just stop, just, just make a covenant with your eyes, yeah? Pull yourself away from that stuff. Turn to Luke 11. The title, in case you're wondering, is Make a Covenant with Your Eyes. And this, like I said, it applies to everyone here, okay? Especially the men. Jeremiah said in Lamentations 3.51, Mine eye affecteth mine heart. Your eye affects your heart. This, this stuff starts with the eyes. It always starts with the eyes. If you can keep your eyes pure, then you can keep your heart pure. If you keep your eyes pure, if you help your eyes out, you can keep your heart pure. Luke 11:34 says, The light of the body is the eye. Wherefore, when thine eye is single, 
thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. That's why Job said in Job 31.1, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Look, it all comes down to the eyes there, doesn't it? That sort of sin comes down to the eyes, yeah? What, what are you going to do with your eyes? Are you going to make that agreement? Are you going to actually want to keep that in agreement? Are you going to be like David and said, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes? Or are you going to go, yeah, take it with a pinch of salt. Ah, it's just a bit of looking. It's harmless. I'll have a little glance here and there, a little crane of the neck. No one's watching. It doesn't hurt anyone or anything else. That will affect your heart. And believe me, that stuff, look, and especially, look, but for everyone, for, for the singles, you'll find it hard then to just find a good godly woman if all you're doing is eyeing up basically reprobate whores all the time. Okay, you, you, because you, on one hand, you've got, you've got the whore that you're constantly getting some sort of gratification from, and then you'll find it hard to see what God wants you to see in a woman because all you're doing is chasing that hoariness. But for the married men, for the married men, if you're constantly having your head turned by that and you're thinking about women in that way, then that's going to affect your life, your, your relationship with your wife, isn't it? Because she's not going... She isn't the... the, 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 the Sadly, the porn star off wherever, off social media, TV. She's not that. She's a godly woman. And you, you, you can't be double-minded with that. You've got to cut that out. You've got to go, I'm not looking. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. That's not going to get me. I have made a covenant. I'm going to keep that deal. Yeah? I'm not going to look on him. Don't do it. And, and because it will affect you. It will affect your life. It will affect your marriage. It will affect your future marriages as well. So there's so many people that are they're destroyed by this stuff. Like, and, and it's a slippery slope. Next thing you know, they, look, they were, you know, there's a lot of porn addicts out there as well. And they're, they're like, they're, they find it hard to even have a relationship. They find any of that difficult because it, 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 they're poisoned by it. They're destroyed by that. And, and if that's anyone out there, look, cut, just make that covenant today. Come up to... No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. But, but, but do, make, make that covenant. Say, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not even going to put that filth and any of that filth in front of my eyes. And believe me, you've got to cut it all out. Not, oh, well, yeah, okay, well, as long as it's not like the hardcore porn, but something else is all right. No, cut it all out. Get rid of that stuff. Get it, make, make, do what you have to do. It might be that you just have to come off all social media. You have to come off all that junk, all that filth. Does it really matter? Would it really hurt you? Do you know what? It benefit you. And you're, you're then fulfilling your part of the deal and your eyes are able to fulfill their part of the deal then. Yeah, because it, it all links up together in the end, doesn't it? Mine eye affecteth mine heart. Yeah, don't forget that. That's why Job said, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? It's not even an issue for him, is it? He's not even going to think upon a maid because he's not looking at every other maid that walks past. You look at him, you're going to think about him. Make a covenant with your eyes. And keep it, yeah? Keep it. On that, we're going to pray. <coughs> Father, thank you for, um, well, the, 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 the teachings, the guidance you give us in your word, the examples we get from godly men like Job, godly men like King David who will have had their faults. Obviously, we, we know that King David had, had faults. He made mistakes. However, you know, help us to want to wanna, to want to be what you want us to be, Lord. To to have our hearts right. To to want to serve you, Lord, and to want to be those men and women out there that you want us to be. Help us to 
make that covenant with our eyes, Lord. Help us to want to keep it. Help us to want to be sincere, to have integrity, to want to be the sorts of men you want us to be. Help those women out there to want to be the women you want us, you want them to be as well, Lord. Not to, not to, you know, just just be pulled into this sorts of filth, to be behaving like that, and also to to be lusting in in those ways as well, as we're all susceptible to this, Lord. Help us to want the things of God. Help um, help the singles out there to just seek, you know, seek good people, seek godly men and women, you know, if, if that's what they're looking for, and help help those married men and women out there to just be happy and content and, and and you know, and, and just work on their relationships with their spouses and not to have their heads turned by all this wickedness that's out there, Lord. We, we, we pray that you just protect our church in, in that area especially, but also to, to bless us as we go out now this, um, this you know, today with this soul winning time and to, to get people saved, Lord, and also encourage them to want to come here and, and get right with you as well, and to want to be built up by your preaching, by your word. In Jesus' name, we pray all of this. Amen. Amen.